You think I'm okay to have one more day of turkey leftovers today? Oh, heck Think yeah. so? Okay. Very when, excited about When were lunch. they uh, from? Yeah, Thursday. So they all came from Thursday. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, that's kind of kind of close, right? Yeah. A little microwave, a little extra salt. It'll be fine. I didn't Because I didn't get any. I didn't get any leftovers, right? We get home Thursday night. Uh, Friday, I get up, do the show, and we hit the road to go to Lubbock. I'm seeing everyone on their social media with their turkey sandwiches. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Well, did you treat yourself? Treat yourself. And I'm going to put it on white Wonder Bread to make it even more unhealthy. Or you could just go see, what, Toby tonight for the coach's show? Oh, we, we got another coach's show tonight? I think it's the final one. Ooh, all right. Well, then I might be there. Actually, tonight is uh, my daughter and I go to Purcell on Monday nights, the heart of Oklahoma. Right by Wendy Chevy. And well, hey, listen, as we kick off hour two, brought to you by Allison Insurance. Just a big thank you to those who helped make our extended Saturday game day coverage possible. I know I know all the bosses are in their Monday meetings, so they can't hear me kissing up to them. But uh, Casey and Brian did a fantastic job in uh, securing us a couple different locations, which made which made Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons really fun. Um to be out on campus corner in the parking lot of Hertz Donuts, to be over across the street. I'd never been in Yo Pablo on a game day. To have our buddy Jerry and the crew over at Balfour continuing to provide the best gear possible for Sooner fans. And game days were fun, and thanks to Wendy Chevy out and Purcell for stepping up. So, uh, Brahman, Casey, the coordination of you know, TJ and his laundry list every single Friday of where different equipment's going. It's awesome. Bravo. Hats off to everyone. And hats off to you, Ref Army. Yeah, thank you, guys. We're not getting extended pregame shows without the want for it. Now, now that I'm done sucking up, you want to hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line? It's you a ready? happy place. It's an interesting place. Well, let's start. You know, every bottom of the hour, we're going with Top five reasons for optimism. Well, we gave top five reasons for optimism. And one of mine was another year in Schmidt's system. I think the world of Jerry Schmidt. I think he is I think he is the best at what he does. Doug and Norman disagrees with me. He would have this on the top five reasons for pessimism. Why do you guys keep touting Schmidt and bodies by Schmidt? Now to be clear. I don't think this program says bodies by Schmitty. I think we just say Schmitty. We don't have to say bodies by. It's kind of like known. He continues. He didn't do well the first time he was here. Well, <laughs> the, the, the end of the stint might have left a little bit to sure. be desired. But look, he brought you a national championship. He was barely average at Texas A&M. No. The, the year he – look what Texas A&M has been since he left. And the year that he was there – uh, the, the handful of years that he was there helped propel them to one of their best seasons they've had in a long time. And we got pushed around like little girls, which, by the way, is sexist, Doug, for most of the 6-6 six and six season this, this year. Today's athletes do not respond to the drill sergeant approach. USC and their strength and conditioning coaches not getting pushed around. Maybe there is something to a more modern approach to coaching. Here's, here's a novel concept. Let's stop attaching every success and failure to the strength staff at the university. I get that it's an integral component. I, I understand it. I get that a lot of football players 
ex-football players that I put a lot of stock in what they say. Teddy would hop on here and say, Josh, you are a moron. The success and failure of the University of Oklahoma starts and ends with that strength and conditioning program. That being said, once the offseason's over, the strength and conditioning program only does so much for what happens on the field. I would push back a little bit. I think no one gets more time with those players than the strength and conditioning coach and staff, especially during the offseason. But as far as you know, game day management and understanding responsibilities, you're right. I mean, you're, you're right. To be strong enough and to be flexible enough, yeah, you, you, you need those guys. Long story short, I don't know that OU's 6-6 six and six because Schmitty did a poor job. Right. No, exactly. And I don't think USC is 11-1 and one because of Benny Wiley. I think USC is 11-1 because of Caleb Williams. I mean, everyone's like, boy, the scheme of that offense. Every time I watch, he's running for his life and a dude just breaks wide open. That's the USC offense. But that's funny to me because if I think back to one thing Teddy had said quite a bit was they were upset that there weren't many horror stories from the offseason from the guys. (laughs) I was like, what? They like him? So I can't sit here and tell you that it's a drill sergeant approach because I don't know. I don't go through the workouts. But I love the man. And if if I were to be in a position to where my son or daughter was at a spot where they could be a collegiate athlete, I don't know if I'd want anyone other than Schmitty to be the guy to train him. So you and I, Doug, we have a fundamental disagreement on that front, which is funny because Midwest City Jeff on Twitter writes, my top five reasons for optimism. Number one, the off season. Number two, uh, the off season to strengthen conditioning with Schmitty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because what you view as a concern, Midwest City Jeff views as positivity. Jeff, I know you gave us five reasons, but that tweet did something very weird. Our text did something very weird. You just try try to read that thing, but we'll see. Um, we're going to see this a lot during this off season. Do we need to, do we need to play the disclaimer to start every single hour? I mean, I really feel like we should. That might, we might need to, yes, record a disclaimer and then every hour until 2023 kicks off, just play that. For instance, if you listen to us on 94.7, the ref, because I don't know, I think, Clay Travis was trying to make it sound like he was live on the air when he was recorded and it, something got iHeart in trouble. You'll hear portions of this pre, of this program are previous, previously recorded, right? I mean, it's always like this disclaimer that they play. I feel like we need to have a disclaimer in which we say portions of this program will try to bring optimism whenever we know that there is nothing we can say or do that will bring an optimistic feel to 2022 or looking forward to 2023. We get your anger, frustration, and disappointment, but – We've got three hours to fill. There you go. Um, but we're going to hear this a lot. <laughs> and, and you know what? This is right. This is absolutely 100% right. It's funny now because it, Benny's not being a scapegoat for anything, too. Remember last year? It's like, oh, they're just soft. You're like, well, it looks like it's working okay out in LA. 
But here's one that we're going to hear a lot from the 7-3-1. The 2007 Alabama team, Saban's first year, went 0-4 to finish out the season. Those losses were LSU, Mississippi State, Louisiana, Monroe, and Auburn. Also, all were one-score games. Now, I'm not comparing Brent to Saban or OU to Bammer. How Bammer? Did I just become Mike Francesa? <laughs> I'm not comparing Brent to Saban or OU to Bama. However, this takes time, people. Calm down, you boomer doomers. I don't have a lot of time for boomer doomers. I'm not going to lie. But I get it. Well, I absolutely get it. Year two is going to be not totally make or break, but it needs to be light years better than six and six. Oh, true. For everybody that wants to point to the look what first year results look like for Kirby Smart and for Nick Saban and for Bob Stoops. Hey, that that's right. Well, year one, it's basically in the books now. Mm-hmm. And you've got a bowl game to avoid it being the first losing season since 98. Absolutely. Now, now it's got to be better. Absolutely. Wiggle room is gone. The, oh, give it time. Okay, we've gave it time. It's, it's time to win. Time to move on. Chuck Rice. Remember, Chris, the fighting Gassos. We have those to look forward to. Yeah, they're going to be really good this year. I'm really pumped about that. February 10th? Does that seem right to you? I try not to think about it too much because – Somebody I re- said the ninth. I realized how very quickly oh, was it. Did it say the ninth on that tweet? Okay, I was going to say if I literally said the ninth, and it was on the the text, and I'd feel terrible. Yeah, February 9th. Look at me, Mark Campbell Invitational at Bill Barber Park. Sooners play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then a a two o'clock game on that Sunday. It's weird, but yeah, we're getting there. Pl- plenty of time, though. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um, one more quick Air Comfort Solutions text. We'll try to stay on the clock this hour, which won't happen. Nah, actually, I'm going to read about three more here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to. Any arrest in Atlanta. Any chance they bring in a PA announcer that get, gets back to the Oklahoma way and uses the mic to announce the action on the field and doesn't use it as a cheerleader's megaphone? <laughs> boomer. Are you saying you don't like that? First down, Boomer. If you just stop saying sooner after he says it, they'll stop doing it. Yeah. It's... That's that's the best. That's why I don't do it because I can't hear if you guys say sooner after I say it. Um, 918. Yeah, don't be. This is what well, I know people are mad whenever I start catching strays on Twitter. It's like I know people are mad. It's like, ah, your sideline reporting sucks, dude. You ever say anything of substance? You're like, yeah, man, I understand. We just lost. I mean, I was standing right there giving an update when Dylan Gabriel was flat on his stomach, and we were there whenever we were monitoring all this. But no, 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 you, you be, be mad at me. It's okay. I get it. I can take your bullets. That's when I know you're mad. When the PA guy is taking strays two weeks after the last home game, and everyone's really mad. Boomer! I feel like I'm going to add that. I will say this is just a general thought. I like the hype that public address announcers give. But we're also at a football, softball, baseball game, not an arena football league game. And it's like, it can be like, that's a first down. Home run, whatever. You know, it's just like, I feel like like everyone's got an act. First and 10 from the 34-yard line. That's what I want. That's That's what I want. That's all I need. Drake Stoops on the catch. Touchdown, Oklahoma. And it's, 
all of a sudden it's like, welcome to Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. I'm your PA guy tonight. Josh Helmer, and here's what we've got. A first down, Boomer! And we welcome you to the Palace of Boomer! Now, I don't, and again, I don't have that big of a problem with it, but it's always funny whenever people get mad. I'm just like, eh, you know, we can, we can have some of it, not all of it. It's just me. I'm not a PA guy either. I don't have a cool enough voice. 918. I mean, just compare the 2021 OU team to 2022 in terms of one-score games. We had two or three one-score games we probably should have lost. 2022, we had four one-score games that mistakes got us in the end. The difference is last year we had Caleb Williams just being an absolute stud. When he came in, DGA's a good quarterback but wasn't able to make hero plays like CW could. Yeah, there's, there's some there's truth to that. to that, yeah. It, it wasn't all Caleb Williams, though. I, no. I hear that a lot. The bottom line is Oklahoma was better in one-score games a year ago. Simple as that. I don't know that there's an exact science to it. I don't think that it's necessarily that Lincoln Riley and that staff is better than this staff. Some of it, I think, is, you know, you execute it better, and a little bit of it, to some degree, I chalk up to luck. Right. Um, Ike, Sean, I'm not being a doomer, but I'm not residing on a unicorn ranch. Name one thing 12 months later that's improved on the field. Ah, do we need to hit the disclaimer here real quick? Hit the disclaimer, <laughs> and then we'll be good Nothing go. we say or do this morning will change any of your thoughts about the 2022 season or inspire hope for 2023. <laughs> that's, just, that's the reality of it. I just want to make that very clear. Um, I've seen this a bit. My man, Pastor Adam, sent this to me. Um, Oklahoma's S&P Plus pre-Oregon in 2021, which, again – I. I'm not a numbers nerd, so when you start getting into S&P Plus, I just think of the FPI, which still this morning has Texas as the number six team in college football. So, And by the way, the S&P Plus has Texas really high too. But um, OU went 10-2 in 2021. They were 17th overall in offense, 6th in defense, and 6th – I'm sorry, 17th overall – Sixth in offense, 62nd in defense. Pre-Bowl in 2022, they were 19th overall, 13th in offense, and 65th in defense. It's eerily similar. It's just that team in 2021 found ways to win. And I've seen this. This is one that we've been hit with quite a bit from uh, Chad. OU 2022. Four losses by seven points or less. Three of them by three points. OU twenty twenty one. Six win by seven points or less. One win by three. We were already flirting with the thin line. Then we lost eight starters on defense. Forty four percent of our roster and the best quarterback in football. Small margins exacerbated by those losses. And again, this is where the other side of it says, but. I see what's going on at TCU. I see what's going on at USC. And it just makes it more frustrating that they're able to do something in year one that we're not even close to doing. And that's a TCU team that – did they even go to a bowl game last year? And this is an Oklahoma team that won 11 games last year. I, I, I Listen, I, I get it. I understand. But there are some wild numbers and similarities. It's just 2021 found ways to win. For some reason, I, I gosh, Eddie Vidasovich said this. I was listening to the unofficial 40 last night. 
I thought it was a really good point. You know, I and I was kind of kicking myself in my pregame interview with Coach because I asked him, hey, you know, certain teams learn how to overcome disappointment and handle adversity. You know, is there a challenge to handling success? But what I wish I could have said looking down now is what is the challenge in being able to, when you create that momentum, keep it? Because I, I don't know if I've ever seen a team that just, when it even gets the slightest bit of momentum, it doesn't seem to carry over. It doesn't seem to continue, right? And I, I don't I don't know how to quantify it. It's it's wild. I mean they they looked as good, Josh, in the first quarter as they have all season long in all aspects of the game. They give up a big kick return to start the game. They force a turnover. Like, whoa, that's stepping up and picking up your dude. They go down and score. You're like, this is going to be a great night. And then the last, what would you say? Like the last six minutes of the second quarter, it just, ah! And the, the simple is, yeah, you're a 6-6 six and six football team. That's what 6-6 six and six football teams do, right? Right. But uh, I do think a more nuanced discussion of it is, how does Oklahoma – get to where they play more complimentary football because even with all of the the great to start this game plank mm-hmm. and all of the not not good in the second quarter and beyond that that gets this thing to crunch time where you have to go make plays to win it CJ Colden's made the play for you he's won the game for you right he's done it he's set you up on the doorstep mm-hmm. and Oklahoma this Oklahoma team look the final numbers from this game, right? You can throw them back at me, and it's total offense. Well, they had, Josh, almost 700 yards of total right. offense. When it was time to go make a play because C.J. Colden made one for you, you did not do it. And that really kind of summarizes this season for Oklahoma. Just <laughs> so many parts of this game was Oklahoma's season in a nutshell. Well, the good news is we only have 300 uh, – not quite 300. <laughs> oh, It is positive. We only have like 200 days to until uh, the start of next season. And as we like to say, there's nothing we can do or say that will make many feel better until we see what Team 129 is going to look like. Uh, I Let's break. I want to talk – there's a lot of questions on the Air Comfort Solutions tech line about the transfer portal and kind of names that we're thinking about. I don't even know how to start like wrapping my mind around the amount of talent that's going to be in the portal and how you go about how you go about building through that if that's the direction you want to go. We'll get into it next right here on the ref. Quick reminder, hour two of the plank show is brought to you by Allison Insurance, 405-745-2968. And uh, on the road tomorrow, we're going to be out at Newcastle Casino. Uh, I'm excited. You know what they have at Newcastle Casino that I think I'm most excited to see? What's that? Their OTB. There was a time in my life, Josh, where the OTBs were uh, back at Fair Meadows in Tulsa. Let's go. I love the OTBs. You know my best part of, of an OTB is looking up at a screen and saying, I think that seven horse looks pretty good. What's his odds? I'll take them. <laughs> no, 
nothing about home OTB, off-track betting. That's right. That's right. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, I feel like – oh, oh, okay. Oh, hold on. Let me, hit, let me hit this. Let me hit this right now off Twitter. Let me hit this off Twitter. This was from 41 minutes ago. And I don't know what to say, so maybe you guys can help my man uh, Urs out because I, I like Urs. Urs writes, your show is bumming me out. Talent has to fit scheme. Position by position, there's few players that fit the defensive scheme Brent is bringing. Speed D does not translate. It's square pegs and round holes. He needs players to match schemes. Making the playoffs feels good, but having no chance when you get there doesn't. I'll gladly wait for Brent to build this team. Defense wins championships. Our offense will be fine when it starts playing complimentary football. Well, Urz, I would push back on this. Apparently, you missed my top five reasons for optimism at the bottom of hour one, <laughs> which uh, is upsetting because that was right around the time you sent your, your uh, tweet to me at Plank Show. But, I, listen, bro, you, you and I are like, we're on the same page here. You, you, we feel the same way. I just You're talking to me. Right. You, you and I, bro, let's go. You, I, we're, you're preaching to the choir. My problem is... Uh, what, what did Sean call it? A unicorn ranch? <laughs> I mean, I can't. You can't live on a unicorn ranch. There's real problems. Joe, Joe Castiglione, Zach Selman, um, McKay, the, the 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 guys and gals that go out and talk to donors to say we, we need you to help continue to build this and invest. They can't just say we're going to be okay. You know, there's results driven business. Right, right. Results driven business. Let me tell you something. I. Crazy a thousand percent, but BV isn't happy today. No, Ty Bates isn't happy. Miguel Chavis isn't happy. Brandon Hall's not happy. Ted Roof's not happy. I, I'm not going to go through all ten members of the coaching staff. You get my point. The no coaching staff is unhappy. Thank you. So you and I, bro, same page. But well, I don't think you're going to go anywhere in the next couple of months that you're going to come away going, yeah, until signing day. Or, or if you get someone out of the portal that you really uh, – Gabe Didney, someone of that nature that really, in your mind, can come in and make a difference right Hicks, away. if you get the flip right, right would be, you know, an emotional game changer mm-hmm. for the fan base. That that would be an important flip. Um, it's good. It was a frustrating year for sure. Question. I'd like to know how many people at TCU and USC hit the transfer portal when they got new coaches. One ended up with two offensive players for OU that are real good players. You know, it's wild. I don't think I don't think TCU had a lot of erosion. I, USC isn't the comparison here. That's a completely different roster. Right? It really, truly is. Completely different roster. But I'll say this. It is – I don't think you're going to get a massive number of peeps – from the transfer portal, but I think you'll see it be used very strategically. Does that make sense? I mean, you know, last year I was I was trying to just to go through during the break because someone had asked, oh, what are some names that you're hearing from the transfer portal? Well, I mean, I just – I kind of look back at guys that maybe Brent Venables was in the mix for or at, when he was at Clemson or maybe some guys that were considering Oklahoma – and I kind of start thinking about them. Oh, 
how'd you find that? This What's is from uh, OU Insider. It's the 2022 class. I can run down. So are, are you telling me, Josh Helmer, that on OUinsider.com, they have a list of all the guys who had transferred in while I'm sitting here with pen and paper going through the, the roster. They do, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Joey Helmer. Thank you, Brandon Drum. I'm a moron. Yeah, let's go there. So, Javian Hester, who was, was dinged up this year, the wide receiver transfer from Missouri. L.V. Bunkley Shelton, the Arizona State transfer, who we didn't see a lot. So, right away, you had to hit the portal because the receivers you brought in, in Jane Gibson and Nick Anderson, probably knew it would take some time. Gavin Freeman was a walk-on who ended up, I think, getting more snaps than well, one of those. And even then, you know, Mike Woods leaves, right? Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot about him. Hazelwood yeah. leaves. Mario Williams leaves. I mean, you had an exodus of wide receiver talent to begin with. And probably at the time, I'm trying to think back to the timeline of some of this, was it a guarantee that Mims was coming back? I mean, you're bringing, yeah. you're bringing players on board because, look, you had some spots to fill. You did everything you could to rebuild the, tr- the quarterback room through the transfer portal. You were in on names like uh, Chubba Purdy. You were in on names like Jackson Dart. But you get Dylan Gabriel and you get Davis Bevel and you get General Booty because whenever you came in, you inherited a quarterback room that had Micah Bowen and Ralph Rucker in it. And then you signed Nick Evers. You need instant help in the interior of the defensive line because how many dudes at nose tackle on the Sooner roster did you have at 300 pounds when Todd Bates came in? Cerro, Nada, Zippo, Zilge. So you get Jeffrey Johnson. You need help at corner. You don't have depth there. You get Trey Morris into bringing experience. Austin Stogner is gone. You bring in Daniel Parker. So I, I just think if you look in the very short amount of time, who am I missing here too, Josh? Is there more down there? I know Colden is on that list. Can I Walker? More depth at corner. TD Roof got hurt. You needed some length on the defensive line in Laula, and you wanted some more depth on the offensive line. So to me, last year is going to be the anomaly from the transfer portal. I don't see them taking 13, 13 dudes from the transfer portal. Maybe six. This year. Right. I think you'd see half of that. And let's face it, even though it was a short amount of time for that signing class in 2022, you've had a year with those guys. You've had a year with, you know, the the Gentry Williams. You've had a year with the Robert Spears Jennings. And, you know, I, I don't know how you feel, Josh, but – I think two guys from that recruiting class last year and Jake Taylor and Jake Sexton are going to start on the offensive line. Yeah, th- there's a really good chance. And I think they're going to be really good. Because Anton Harrison, we think. Anton Harrison is turning pro. I mean, I just th- I think we all have to start accepting that. I yep. really do. If he doesn't, that's a heck of a win. Um, and, and maybe. Wanye. I think Wanye is, yeah. I definitely think he is. I think Wanye might get a, an invite to the Senior Bowl. Jake Squared might be. You know, left and right for you, or or you know, Guyton one of those, and and Taylor, or what's what's the other Jake's? Why why am I? I know Jake Taylor because that's Sexton. the catcher in 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 Major League Sexton. But I don't. I mean, I know. I know we're reading and hearing this is going to be a transfer portal year, unlike any time we've ever seen. And sure, Oklahoma may be hit by it too. But I I. My prediction, and if I'm, if you feel like they need it and you want me to be wrong, I don't see them getting more than maybe six or seven guys from the portal. And I think it'll be specific. And I think it will be once we find out what Mims is doing, 
and a couple of guys if they're going to use another year of eligibility. I'll tell you, one guy that I got really excited about that has more time and I want to see him come back is Jordan Kelly. I think that's a great example of a guy that developed throughout the year. Is he Tommy Harris or Gerald McCoy or Dusty in the middle? No, no. But he's he got better as the year went on, and he got bigger. So I hear who you hear from the portal. What's the buzz? Is this guy coming here? I've already seen it. The uh, dirt. Uh, it's not dirt burglars anymore. It's uh, Red Dirt Sports already retweeting the Georgia Tech quarterback entering the transfer portal. All right, how many quarterbacks you want on this roster? They're not going to the portal for a quarterback. Unless you have a mass exodus, and unless you lose, um, why did I just blank on the five-star quarterback? Arnold. Jackson Arnold. Which they're not going to. Right, you're, 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 you're set there. Or, or if Dylan Gabriel, okay, if the Dylan Gabriel stuff post-game, or he's like, it's too fresh to think about it now, then, I mean, guys, Dylan Gabriel didn't do a lot of post-game this year. I mean, if you think about it, he's... And there's a reason why. And it's not anything negative. It's just he he don't like losing at all. I mean, he does not handle it well. So that I didn't make too much of those comments, to be honest with you. But I understand where it would suddenly people are like, he's gone. He's gone. Oh my gosh, he's going somewhere else. Okay. If that happens, then we got another situation on our hands. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about somebody in the heat of the moment that just finished a six and six regular season. Um all right. It Jackson is, Arnold, by the way. Go ahead. This is from not too awfully long ago, the Windy Chevrolet Sooner Game Day kickoff show with one Parker Thune. Yeah. Responding to him or anything, but, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I'm locked in with the Sooners. Okay. Locked there. in. There you go. Just I, just like locked in and Lacoma's locked on. Yeah. And Thune. All right. Whoa, it's 1037. All right, quick break. When we come back. Oh, gosh, you guys. There is enough content from the hour and 37 minutes that we've been on this show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line to fuel this station for 200 days. So I'm excited. I'm going to like I'm going to like a lot of these and it's like, "Hey, I know it's March, but I got this text back on November 28th and I want to address." <laughs> Let's revisit. That's how good these are today. And it's a mix, right? It's a mix. It's a plank show right here on the ref. I'm, I'm calling I'm calling an audible on the show. Calling an audible. Because we're a little bit behind, and the Air Comfort Solutions text line is kind of rolling. We did our top five reasons for positivity, and we're juicing up Newcastle Casino today. So we're going to get caught up here, and then when we come back, we'll do our top five reasons for pessimism. Well, and even if that was all in the final hour, the pessimism and what needs to get fixed to make Oklahoma elite really kind of go hand in hand. So it would be thematically, it would make sense in the final hour. If that's what you so choose. Um, Gosh, there's so, so much good here, guys. I'm not even trying to be a smart aleck, but a simple question. What about bird starting? He was supposed to be such a stud. Yeah, I know. I heard the same thing. And I know Bill likes him. Bill Beanbow likes him a lot. It's just, this is the, the hardest thing for me to like wrap my head around like, offensive line is with what bill beanbow challenges you you're better off being in the system for a couple of years and then getting your your shot when you're called upon right away it can be a bit of a challenge look at orlando brown look at drew samia 
You know, guys like Ben Powers um, takes a little time to develop. Anton Harrison is a great example of it. I mean, geez, he got benched. Tyrese Robinson's a great example of it. But after a couple years, it's good. So I think Savion Bird factors into that mix. I don't think it I don't know if it's a tackle or not, but I mean, we're looking at Chris Murray, Wanye Morris, Anton Harrison, all you know, not being here next year potentially. You know, two guys have an option, one guy does not. Yeah, probably those three you feel honestly pretty good they won't be. I ooh, Brazil almost scored. I feel Really good about Andrew Rame coming back. But, you, I mean, you don't know. If if people start getting his ears like, hey, teams like you, they like your size, they want to bring you in. I don't know. Usually, if I'm – ooh, the lights just went out at the World Cup. It would be uh, there we go. a surprise right? Shock. if he goes. So, I'm just – you know, it's a good question on Savion Bird. I can't I – can't, I mean – Rame, what would be – I can't imagine him being much higher than a fourth rounder. Yeah, there were some projections earlier this year that had him in a second. But if I'm if I'm him, I'm I'm coming back and doing everything I can to really become an expert sure. at the position. Uh, Tristan from Tahlequah. Does Eric Gray have any eligibility left? If so, he goes pro. And our D-line is our biggest problem. We get pressure to the quarterback, we win. We don't get pressure, we lose. Dude, our – I don't know, Tristan, dude, ma'am, what – I. Sorry. Very generic name. It's like, um, what was the Saturday Night Live skit? Chris is kind of one of those gender-neutral names, Yes, right? it is. Yeah. Um, was it Pat on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, Tristan, could not agree more. I compare everything to the Raiders. Why were the Raiders really good yesterday against the Seahawks? Well, you might say, Josh Jacobs ran for 300 yards, and you would be right. But you know what else they did? They knocked the snot out of Geno Smith. I mean, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby lived in the backfield. Suddenly, this dude named Andrew Billings, who hasn't done anything all year long, is in the backfield. When were the Sooners successful over the last few weeks? Well, they had six sacks and 13 TFLs versus Oklahoma State. Okay? And that resulted in, well, first and foremost, a a dub. Right. But four Spitzer Sanders interceptions. And what happens? Lo and behold, the following week, we Oklahoma finishes with six TFLs. Yeah, and, and I think just the one sack. But so. but I felt like early on they were living in the backfield, and I, again, I don't know what happened. It really is a <laughs> fascinating so thing, Plank. We could sit here and for three hours dissect so many different things about Oklahoma and about the Texas Tech game and the season as a whole. If you're good or bad up front, both sides of the football is going to be. A centerpiece of the discussion always. And really, defensively for Oklahoma, it does boil down, I think, in a lot of ways to they weren't that good up front, consistently good up front. And and to to the Eric Gray question, I I do think Eric Gray turns pro. You know, for running backs, it's a much different world. Mm -hmm. uh, You're valued for less wear and tear, but I – I'm really happy for Eric Gray that he had the kind of season that he did. Well, and it's difficult to envision him having much better of a collegiate season. And I think he's a guy that whenever he goes to the NFL Combine and uh, things of that nature, I think he's, I think he's got a chance to, I think he's got a chance to make some money for himself. What is his forty-yard uh, dash? What does I don't, that look? You know like? what? I don't know. That's a really good question. You think about things in terms of the Raiders. I a lot of times think about things in terms of the Chiefs. Right. I'm looking at somebody in Mr. Pacheco that 
there weren't a lot of people that were super high on, but he's seventh-round draft pick, and now he's clearly the best running back in Kansas City. Uh, Eric Gray, to me, absolutely the way the game is headed professionally with his ability to run in between the tackles, to just get north and south, but also when called upon to catch out of the backfield and go make plays. I mean, I I could see him being a really, really good professional running back. He, uh, he finished 161 yards on Saturday night. He has now rushed for 1,364 yards, which is the ninth best season in OU football history. That's unreal. I thought it was eighth. Hold well, on. and the, the game has changed so much, right? Right. Eric Gray's coming off a game. What, did he get 28 carries versus Texas Tech? Right. Which was a bunch, a but that's not every game this season. And, uh, you know, for him in at a place like Oklahoma to finish with that type of individual season, it was a incredible year for Eric Gray. He has made himself so much money. Uh, but it's a good question. And then one more here real quick which is in line with Tristan, the position group that was the least effective time in time out every game was the D-line overall, and it's not even close. Did I say that right? The position group that was least effective time in, time out every year was the defensive line, and it's not even close. I hope we get some transfers in because we need some difference makers up front next year. Well, and you know what you're hoping, Plank, is – the, the transfer portal, you got the kid from Notre Dame. That's great. You're hoping that a couple of these guys that you've already got committed that ultimately sign and maybe a flip here or there, you're hoping they can be those guys. But ultimately, you need a couple of these guys to already be on campus. Right. Right? Whether that's Ethan Downs continues to get better or an Alton Tarper develops one, one year later and all of a sudden he's ready to go make plays. They kind of need several of these guys up front to – already have been on campus. Do you want to know what's wild about that number? I was just looking it up. So, Eric Gray, 1,364 yards in 2022. Moves him up to the ninth best season running the football in Oklahoma Sooner football history. In Saturday's game with his total number, let's see, what did he finish? I just said it, uh, what he finished with running the football. Uh, He finished with 161 yards on 28 carries. Josh, that moved him from the 18th best season in OU football history to the ninth. Wow. That's unbelievable. And, I, and I'm and 99.9% sure I'll have to check with, uh, with Stats Kelly, but I'm 99.9% sure that the postseason numbers matter. So with that said, sitting at nine. If he plays. If he plays. Oh, you know what? Never mind. That's right. That's a good. He's not going to play in the bowl. No, game. he's definitely going right. to. Well, work I was going to say he would then be right on the cusp of Steve Owens at number eight, who had fifteen hundred and twenty-three yards. You know, it would take a big game, right? It'd be pretty cool if he played though. Fifteen hundred twenty-three yards. So you would need nine five. You need a lot of yards. You need like a uh, hundred and ninety yards of the bowl game doable. But that that would match the season that Steve Owens had when he won the Heisman Trophy. Wow. <laughs> so I, again. We saw something pretty special this year in Eric. Well, and good for him because I'll be the first to admit, look, I I wasn't super high on necessarily what Eric Gray this season would be, and I don't think I was alone in that. 
There were other people that thought that whether it was Barnes or Sachuk or whoever or Marcus Major, that these other guys maybe would wind up as the top back or take a lot of those carries away from him. And Eric Gray was simply, he was too good. He was incredible this year. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, yeah, that's right. It's Pat. I was right. I knew I was close. It's Pat. It's such an old Saturday Night Live reference. That's from back when I used to watch Saturday Night Live, dude. I was when everybody uh, did. Massive head wound, Harry. That was a great one. A caveman lawyer was my was my personal favorite. I am but a simple man. I know not of your lights and your powers and your cars. Gosh. Caveman that, lawyer. Yeah. Unfrozen caveman lawyer was what he was. Hans and Franz, you know. Hey, you know, I was sometimes Hans and Franz would be like, okay, we get it. You're gonna pump us up. Can we can we get to the next bit? Can we get to Stuart Smiley? All right, we're doing a timeout. It's a plank show. When we come back, uh, put a wrap on hour two with our uh, quickly top five reasons for pessimism next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Ooh. Ooh. So a little newsy news this morning in the transfer portal. Uh, less than 24 hours after the University of Tulsa fired Philip Montgomery. Uh, Davis Brin has entered the transfer portal. Might not be a bad guy for a little bit of depth. I like Davis Brin. He's pretty good. I think he'll end up at a Power 5 program. You know where Davis Brin might be really good? Where's that? Iowa State. Davis Brin has Iowa State quarterback written all over it. That's just me. Um, I guess I guess there's there's something else here involving West Virginia's coaching search potentially that we need to get to next hour. And uh, we'll talk about the coaching hires that were made yesterday, including a big one at Wisconsin. I think the Badgers knocked it out of the park. Matt Rule over the weekend gets hired at Nebraska. Deion Sanders to either Georgia Tech or Colorado seems to be picking up a little bit of steam. And Hugh Freeze to Auburn apparently has hit a brick wall. Let's talk some Dion. Let's do it next. Plus, we owe you a, We didn't have time. I really ran out of it. I'm sorry. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. We'll be pessimistic next.